Hello, and welcome to episode 297 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. In this episode, we have an interview with Alan Rousset, comics creator, writer, and editor on Project Impact. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. Alan, thanks so much for, for joining us. Um, what we normally do when we start off a, an interview, we, we ask for two things. We ask for a, uh, a quick bio about yourself, and then, then an elevator pitch for this book. Okay. Uh, well, thanks for uh, having me back. Uh, well, uh, as far as quick bio, uh, well, since the last time I was uh, on uh, your podcast, uh, I have uh, completed my doctoral studies. So I'm now Dr. Alan Reset. Um, yeah, it took, uh, took a little bit of time, but, uh, but it is uh, finally finished there. So I have uh, a doctorate in applied linguistics. Uh, I'm also a uh, um, elementary school um, teacher. Um, I just finished doing a, uh, a year, uh, well, I guess it'll be uh, 10 months in um, a grade four classroom, um, yeah, French immersion classroom. So uh, now I'm enjoying the, uh, the summer uh, before we start back up here in Canada. Um, yeah. So as for the book itself, it is a um, ongoing series about a, a team of uh, Canadian superheroes. Um, based primarily out of uh, the Toronto area, but taking um, place in, in various uh, areas, uh, true to life locations in and around uh, Canada. Their, uh, <clears throat> their main uh, purpose is to uh, well, defend Canada against uh, parahuman threats uh, that, uh, well, endanger the public. Very cool. Um, Noah, do you want to lead off with the first question for, for Alan? Yeah, it's uh, been a while since we had you on. I'm curious, mm. um, what's, what have you learned, you know, uh, through, through the process of making three issues? Like you said at the beginning of the, the book, it's a huge accomplishment to get to three issues in indie comics. So I'm curious, what, what have you learned along the way? How, what have you learned about your creative team, et cetera? I'm very curious. Well, uh, one of the things that I have uh, greatly appreciated is uh, the um, the ongoing improvement of my creative team. Truth be told, uh, I've been using the same uh, interior artist for each of the uh, issues. So Stefan Peterson uh, was um, responsible for the the artwork for uh, issues one, two, and three, and uh, he has improved dramatically from one issue to the ne- issue to the next. Uh, I think uh, you both would uh, would agree that is uh, the artwork for issue three is is very strong especially relative to the uh, uh the first issue um i think also uh it's, it's been um good to sort of see the um the progression of uh linda's colors uh coloring schemes as well uh linda scott campbell is the have been the colorist for uh the interiors for issues two and three um and uh rich lumsden who is responsible for the lettering for issues two and three uh as well as he actually did the coloring for the um the cover of issue three uh it's been just interesting to sort of see how their talents have have grown over the course of, the, of time uh it's again with Stefan, it's just uh, our uh ongoing uh rapport uh creatively has continued to grow um in terms of the biggest thing that I have learned in getting through issue three in particular is the value of exploring, well, all of our options in terms of uh, getting books out. Um, we have recently moved most of our um, 
well, all of our materials to uh, Global Comics, which is a, an up-and-coming digital platform uh, after there were some uh, changes to uh, Comixology. Um, but uh, in addition to that, just um, looking for available resources to be able to, uh, to, to get things off the ground. Um, may have noticed in the, uh, the, the inside cover there, I, I thanked the uh, London Arts Council for their support and their, um, yeah, their backing in terms of uh, the beginning of, uh, or just getting this, this issue off the ground. Like the issue, issue three was gonna come regardless, but it was definitely helped along by the existence of this program. This, uh, um, it's a community arts investment program uh, that, that where they, they put money back into the arts community and this helps to uh, fund different projects. So that um, I think just, I hadn't even been aware of the existence of this program when I was going through the process for issues one and two. Um, and so it was certainly a, a, a big, uh, big find and a huge deal for us to have been accepted by this program for the 2021 year. Yeah. I was curious about that when I read that, that's so awesome. And um, uh, did you have, how did they, would you mind going a little bit more in depth with that? Um, okay. about, yeah. The London yeah, certainly. Uh, well, okay. So uh, I, I uh, live in London, Ontario in Canada, and uh, um, there is a, uh, an arts council associated with the city. It's funded by the city of, uh, city of London, and uh, they um, have different programs uh, where they assist uh, those who are in uh, sort of artistic endeavors in uh, the creating different projects. So for instance, there, there is a, a, a film festival that goes on here. Uh, it's very sort of small scale independent film festival sort of thing. Um, money from their crea uh, community arts program goes towards that. Uh, London Comic-Con, for instance, uh, as well as Forest City Comic-Con, the two Comic-Cons that we have in our city, uh, both receive a certain amount of backing from the London Arts Council. Uh, if you are a writer, a singer, a uh, visual artist, um, things of that uh, nature, you can um, pitch your project idea to them and they will assist with, or potentially if you get accepted, they will assist with the, the, the funding of uh, said project. Uh, so for me, they would not um, back the publication of the comic but they would back the creation of the comic. If that may, it's a sort of a pretty important distinction there. Just the idea that um, they want the money to go towards, again, the artist and supporting the artist while the artist is doing what the artist does, as opposed to like the just sort of mass production of materials for sale. So that was the big, uh, big provision in terms of uh, when I was uh, getting things uh, off the ground. So basically what happened is I ended up meeting with, um, uh, through Zoom, I ended up meeting with uh, a representative from the London Arts Council, just going through uh, my ideas for the uh, the project, and uh, I had to submit sort of a, a budget outline of what what costs I felt were going to be incurred, what sort of timelines uh, might be involved, um, methods of promotion, like just all the little nuts and bolts of getting the program off uh, the ground. And I submitted it along with additional backing uh, documents that are like reviews of uh, the first two books, proof of concept for some of the, um, for the, the, the current book, uh, examples of artwork, things like that, uh, to be able to sort of show them that this was a, a worthwhile project. And uh, after a few weeks uh, of deliberation, they got back to me and uh, we were successfully, uh, you know, given the, um, the grant. That's very, very cool. cool.
Yeah. So one of the things that I really enjoy about this book um, and the series in general is, is that it's a superhero team. Um, you know, many of us growing up reading books, we would have read superhero team books, you know, either from, from Marvel or DC, you know, your X-Men, I'm guessing maybe. Alpha Flight might have been a, a favorite of yours as well. Um, and you very easily could have, you know, sort of given us the, the, the superhero types that, that we see in those teams. But you, you have a lot of um, really unique characters. I, I, is it Recap? Is that one of the guys? Uh, Recap is in the first, well, he's, he's uh, present in, uh, well, he's an active participant in the first issue. Uh, he appears in the second one. I don't think he really does much of anything aside from just sort of being a background character in the third, but he is present. Uh, yeah, he has, uh, he's uh, um, uh, a, he has post-cognitive abilities, basically, or uh, post-cognition abilities, sorry, uh, where essentially instead of uh, predicting the future, he sees the past through interacting with objects. Yeah, I remember, I remember that. And he is in the third issue sort of as a, he might have like a speaking role sort of in the background as, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, action is taking place on him. So mm -hmm. was it important to you to sort of give us some of the superhero tropes that we know, you know, strength, speed, um, and, and things like that, but also to sort of have a bit of variety in the, 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 the abilities and, and the powers they have. You know, Recap is a really cool example of how you didn't just give us, you know, strong guy you know mm. fast guy you know smart guy smart mm. girl uh, you know like was that something that was important to you um not directly like i know that uh, there is uh, there are some examples around i guess of the the so-called five-man band uh, idea of uh group construction where you've got again you've got the, the smart one you've got you know the uh, uh the strong one you've got the smart one you've got the girl you've got you know like that sort of idea and uh, each of them has their own uh um, particular um, function that they serve on the team. Uh, you see that in things like uh, Voltron, or you see that in uh, the old Battle of the Planets uh, G-Force um, cartoons and things like that, which, which follow very strictly those sort of tropes. Uh, for me, uh, really what it came down to was I had character names that popped into my head. And it was more just, well, what could I do with these character names that I had you know, been struck by. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of where I started, you know, building off of like uh, recap, for instance, uh, when I had come up with when I when I had, you know, sort of, yeah, thought of uh, that name, first thing I did was sort of like do a quick Google search to see if there was any other characters that would be similarly named. Then I started saying, well, what sort of powers would somebody like, well, named recap possibly have? And mm -hmm. I sort of built things from there uh, with uh, Sizem, who uh, figures more prominently in the the, uh, the second book, although he does have a, a, um, a lead-in role in the, the third book. Um, I remember, again, hearing like, um, well, the adjective seismic, right? So seismic, you know, uh, readings, whatever, right? And that's always associated with earthquakes. And I thought, well, if there's a word seismic being an adjective, there's likely a noun associated with it. So I went back and I did take a look and uh, seism, uh, the word seism is, is uh, an old English uh, word for an earthquake. So I thought, okay, well, what can I do with earthquakes? And so I started building off of the idea of, okay, well, uh, I'm going to call him seism and he's going to have earth control related powers. Uh, so um, when it came to somebody like uh, Polar Knight, who appears again in the first and the third book, um, I had been thinking about the idea of a midnight sun, right? 
And well, what if there's well, the existence of the midnight sun, right? Okay, uh, you're aware of it's a time of the year when there's more daylight than anything else. And like it, the sun doesn't set during a certain time period. Well, I thought, okay, well, if there's some a phenomenon known as the midnight sun, there has to be an opposite to that. Well, what would be its opposite? And its opposite would be a, a polar night. So I started mm -hmm. fiddling around with that name there uh, to arrive at, uh, well, night with a with a K instead of, uh, you know, night as in evening. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is really a really cool exercise because you know, you know, as you stated earlier, there's sort of the archetypes of the the group of five or four or whatever you would have, but you sort of have this spark of inspiration, but then you're sort of having to to work backwards from that that spark of inspiration to to mm -hmm. sort of get everything to go together. You know, it's either mm -hmm. it's either a, a cool sounding name, an ability. That has a cool sounding name that you, that you work backwards, or sort of taking something mm -hmm. and and turning it on its head, and and then sort of you get a name there, and then you're getting the power set. So that that that's a really interesting way to to go about it. Yeah. Well, even with uh, with like the damsel character, I, I think I'm not sure if I brought this up in the last uh, interview or not, but uh, with damsel, I had I had, uh, thought it was kind of an interesting name, and I know it has popped up here and there in terms of. Um, indie books like there's uh, i think a book called Dan uh, damsel of distress and distress would be like an acronym like shield um but uh, i hadn't heard about that uh, that project at the time that i had uh, come up with my version of damsel but i just had thought to myself well there's always going to be an image in your mind of what a damsel is supposed to look like so um like you can pretty much fill in your own blanks but then i thought okay well i'm going to take everything that I would normally associate with like the damsel in distress or whatever images come to my mind about a damsel and flip it on its head. So mm -hmm. instead of having a little, you know, little blonde waif thing or something, I end up with effectively Serena Williams. Right. Um, and instead of her being, you know, essentially helpless or whatever, just uh, make her arguably the most powerful one on the team or one of the most powerful ones on the team. Um, so that's sort of how I approached uh her for instance um and uh, i think it, it's it's proven to be a fairly effective um way of going about uh, the character construction and then it was just a matter of figuring out well what sort of occasions would be um would warrant the creation of this team and that's sort of how i've continued to build stories nice so i have a question about this issue in in, in general mm -hmm. um what is the 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 overall plan for for this series? Do you, do you have a number of, of issues uh, in mind, um, or maybe like a, like a, a number of issues for for an arc in mind? What's what's the plan there? Okay, well, so what I had started to do, well, the first book was predominantly world building, and just trying to introduce everything, introduce the main players, uh, give people an idea of what the world was like. That's why it ended up being like thirty two pages of story instead of the typical twenty two to twenty four. Um, but I had found that there was, um, there were a lot of characters to juggle in terms and, and still manage to give them their own spotlight or enough time to actually, um, be interesting to readers. So I started looking back at, um, the old Alpha Flight run. And I remember in the, the original, like 10 to 12, um, issues, the last safe, I want to say five to seven pages of um, the book tended to be little mini origins 
of the characters who had, you know, perhaps not gotten enough spotlight on them. Uh, because I guess uh, the Alpha Flight team, prior to their ongoing title, was originally introduced uh, in the X Men, but they didn't really have much chance to to um, have their um, their overall just their characters fleshed out for readers. So uh, John Byrne went back and sort of did individual stories centering on the the origins of these different uh, characters. Um, so starting with issue two, like I had realized at the end of issue one that I really didn't give Sizem anything to do. And so I started thinking, well, I, I've got to correct that a little bit. I've got too many balls in the air here. Um, and I honestly think that that's probably the reason why the Avengers, uh, for the longest time, had an active roster of six people. Like in universe, it was like they, they had a charter of uh, only allowing six members at a time. Uh, and really, I think that was just, you know, sort of a, um, a meta commentary on the idea of like, if you have too many characters, you can't do them all justice. So we're going to limit mm -hmm. it, to, it to six because they, then they become manageable. Um, so as far as what I started to try and do with issue two and then issue three is sort of zoom in closer on individual characters and um, give the audience more of a chance to uh, get to know the individual characters. Uh, I do have an overall plan in mind. Like I know where I want to take it. I'm just not sure how long it's going to take to get there to make it land the way I want it to. Um, so I, at this point, I'm, I'm sort of taking it on a case-by-case -case basis. Uh, you will notice that um, they are more sort of standalone stories in each of the, the first three issues, though there is a certain through line that goes through all of them. Um, so uh, I am just, I'm, I'm slowly building my, my B or C storyline over the course of time. But in the meantime, indie comics being what it is, I want to make sure that my readers get a full story out of things. So uh, they're not going to necessarily be left on a, like a, a critical, you know, uh, universe ending cliffhanger. They're going to have, uh, again, they're going to have read a full story with each mm -hmm. of the issues. But there is something that I'm building towards how long it takes me to get there. I think it's really going to depend on how effectively I write really. Um, I could see it uh, in terms of where I want it to, to really hit off. I, I think it's going to be a little longer. It's, it's, it's not something I could wrap up. I could force it into the next issue, but I don't feel like it would land. So um, it's, it's, it's going to be a process. This issue was, was fairly, uh, you know, fast paced. Uh, was, was that something that you, you thought about, you know, you, did you, did you sit down and go, okay, I've, I've done my world building. Um, I've got some character development. Maybe it's time for a good old fashioned, you know, beat them up and, and, and stuff like that. Was, was that something that was by design or was that something that sort of just sort of fell in place that way? Okay. Well, this one actually, and I, I believe I may have mentioned it at the tail end of last, uh, last interview, but again, I'm not hundred percent sure on this. Uh, I know I had the idea back then, uh, but there was a, uh, a news article uh, as well as a news sort of like story that came out around the time that uh, I was thinking of these things. I was driving home from work and there, there was a report that came out about um, UFO sightings and things like that. There's an annual or semi-annual report that comes out of a, a UFO watching organization in Canada. And they mentioned specifically an incident that occurred in Tecumseh, Ontario, where allegedly aliens had broken into somebody's house, stolen uh, sunglasses, uh, a belt and silver and escaped through a rip in space and time. 
And when I had heard that, I just started laughing. I thought that was the most hysterical thing I had ever heard. And like, I, I must've been the only one who actually thought it was as funny as it was, because when I pitched it to some other comic creators, they just, they kind of, you know, like they, they, they weren't really feeling it. So I thought, okay, you know what? I'm going to do it myself. So in terms of this particular story with it being like the, the amount of action that was, um, uh, that occurred, um, that it was not originally set out, uh, with that in mind. It was more like, like, how can I take this real report, um, and actually, um, build it into something like if you if you do a keyword search for uh tecumseh um sunglasses ufo whatever into google you'll actually find the news articles that that talk about this particular uh you know report and the incidents and how it was described and i, I made sure to use the same sort of uh language that was in these uh, news reports to just um yeah i don't know add an extra dimension to um to the story very cool um, so let's let's go into a bit of uh, like process. Um, you, so you know you have the same creative team. You guys are here, three mm -hmm. issues, um, you know, into the story so far. Um, has the process stayed the same? Has it evolved over time? Uh, as you guys have worked together longer, do you have you developed any uh, shorthands or anything like like that? Um, in terms of specific shorthands, uh, well, one thing I have uh, done is I, I've I've given a lot more um, freedom in terms of uh, layout um, to my artist. Uh, so essentially he's got the freedom to add additional panels uh, or, you know, delete different panels. The, the main thing is like one, it has to, like if he's going to make a change like that, then it has to look cool. And two, we have to still be able to accommodate the storytelling. Um, mm -hmm. So essentially I've got, you know, words that I want to get across that I think are going to, to be relevant to the storytelling itself. But in terms of the specific numbers, if I, I might start off, like I'll give them uh, things say, okay, I want this to be a four panel, uh, four panel page. Uh, and I'll, I'll give some suggestions in, ter in terms of um, angles and layout. And uh, I, I give him, you know, or, and I encourage him to, to play with it a bit and sort of see, you know, if there's uh, something he thinks might work a little bit better. Uh, and there have been times when he's added some panels and they have turned out to, you know, um, work very well. Uh, so that's just, that's the sort of open communication that, um, that he and I have, uh, as far as with, uh, the coloring process, um, you know, uh, Linda, uh, I, I encouraged her, especially with the look of the aliens, uh, we hadn't really established firmly, um, a color scheme for the aliens. Um, so, uh, the only one thing that I was sort of dead set on is I wanted to make sure that they, the primary, uh, antagonist in this, uh, issue, uh, an alien called Horde, uh, I wanted him to have more of the Sinestro pink going on, but I didn't want to say that like all of the aliens were necessarily this pink color. I basically, I said, well, like, you know, go with your gut, just sort of see what, um, see what you feel might work best like you're not I, I didn't put any sort of restrictions on her in terms of like you must use this certain uh, color scheme I wanted to sort of trust her to to do what was um, what she felt was appropriate and then we'd go back and forth as far as like okay I don't think this quite works or why don't we try this a little bit um, you know let's, let's, let's try and um, like adjust this um, this lighting here and there um, so it's just it's, it's been very much um, 
just a uh, an open communicative process more so than anything else. And do you act mainly as the, for lack of a better term, the the, the project manager or the, the teammates um, and the creative team? Are they transferring, um, you know, files in between or is it, you know, hey, uh, well, Alan, the, 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 the line work is done here. Do you, do you want to move mm -hmm. this on? Like, uh, how, how does all that work? Okay, so essentially, it's, it's kind of a little bit of both. Uh, ultimately, um, things go through me first. Uh, we do have a shared uh, Google Drive. Uh, originally, it was a uh, Dropbox, but that got filled up rather quickly over the over time. Um, but uh, yeah, so we've got a Google Drive, and essentially, um, somebody will, um, you know, pitch me something. Like so, for instance, uh, like Stefan uh, will show me examples of the artwork at various stages through Facebook Messenger, for instance. And um, I will give my feedback from there. And then once it's done, it'll get uploaded to the uh, Google Drive. And then I communicate with, uh, with Linda and say, okay, well, uh, Stefan's uploaded some new, uh, some new files there. Uh, take a look at it. And she was coloring sort of as we went. Um, the first colorist that we had on the book, uh, Gary Scott Beatty, uh, who's excellent in his own right, um, he tended to prefer to do everything all at once. So um, essentially he would wait until all 32 pages were finished before he started really running with things. Mm -hmm. um, and that was something that, that uh, uh, again, everybody's got their process. Uh, for me, I like sort of um, concurrent um, stuff going on. Uh, so that way we can at least um, just, I guess, minimize the amount of time it takes to actually put uh, the book out. Um, so basically, like as Stefan was finishing things, he was uploading them to the Google Drive uh, after my uh, my approval, basically. Uh, and then Linda would go and give her sort of drafts on things, and she would upload sort of you know like um, color samples, um, and then we would uh, discuss them. Like Stefan would take a look at them as well. Like the, the creative team would definitely give feedback on like uh, coloring choices. Um, and then we would adapt from there. And then uh, I would get, I would ultimately have the final say uh, in terms of what um, what we were going with. But uh, but yeah, so it, it's, uh, so it's a little bit of both. There was, there was a certain amount of collaboration, but everything ultimately uh, did go through me and had to be approved by me before moving on to the next stage. No, I wanna check in with you because I've asked the last couple of questions here. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, I was going to ask about um, specifically about the aliens and how you directed the artist to draw them because I maybe it's just because I was having fun reading the issue, but I kind of felt the source of most of the comedy was from the aliens and sort of how mm -hmm. uh, primitive their and sort of their culture was and uh, maybe oh. how like. Uh, you know, I, I'm just curious what what was that like working on that stuff. Okay, well, in terms of the um, like. Um... I wouldn't necessarily call it primitive per se. It's just different, right? In yeah, terms of there are certain that's things like that. There's um, there were different things that like uh, one of the uh, the aliens that, that that came back from uh, uh, one of his uh, excursions was was bringing back materials uh, um, that he felt were important for understanding the culture of the planet that they were um, interfering with. And uh, so there was a few things that I had thought about. So essentially uh, what, I, what I had in mind is that there is this, the, the aliens represent a, 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 um, a society or a grouping uh, called the hood or the hood, right? Um, and 
this faction within that who are following uh, the warlord referred to as the, the Black Hood uh, were exiled from their main planet. So they, they and his supporters are uh, occupy, occupying essentially a, a, a pocket space, basically. Um, and as a result, they have uh, limited space to work with. So you have the one individual who's going out and like finding things that would be from, from his perspective relevant to understanding of the culture that they were getting involved with. But then by the same token, you had others who were, who were looking at what he's bringing back saying, well, this is ridiculous. Like, don't you realize we, we don't have all, like all the space in the world to deal with this crap. Why are you bringing home a bunch of junk? Um, and, you know, then essentially him, you know, playing off a certain amount of arrogance, but then getting a chance to actually, you know, like, answer to the warlord himself and find out that um essentially to knock it off and 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 you know any future sort of uh, excursions to earth would be for more um uh with a specific goal in mind rather than um you know cultural exploration because ultimately if they're planning on um you know conquering or otherwise uh, manipulating um earth what our culture is like is completely irrelevant because there won't be a culture left by the time they're through with us. That's, that's really cool. Um, so, you know, you mentioned that you give the artist a lot of, lot of freedom, you, you know, you do offer some suggestions uh, with, with something like creature design or, or alien design. Um, do you, do you offer, you know, reference or like, Hey, you know, I'm kind of thinking of like this show, this movie, um, and, you know, I, I found a lot of times it's either um, this sort of amazing surprise where the artist produces something that's very similar to what's in, what's in your mind's eye, or they've just produced something that's, you know, even cooler than anything you could imagine. So how do, how do you handle like, uh, you know, creature design and in this case, you know, alien design? Okay, well, uh, I, that one I did actually uh, try and come up with sort of some concept sketches myself. Uh, okay. they, they were, I, I was sort of looking at, I, I wanted something that to me looked like a cross between Kilowog and a Klingon. I can see uh, that. And um, so I had drawn my version of things based on uh, some online tutorials. I'd uh, looked up... Uh, um the youtuber uh the comic uh let's see um the cartoon block evan burse um okay. and, and use some of his methods to try and uh sketch out my my concept for this uh this alien and just sort of adding my own features uh it's it's um it's rough it's rough uh but i i sent those along to Stefan, and he was able to um to tweak them and sort of add them and then we also sort of looked at things and uh, further added the idea of, and okay, well, like, while I don't want to go on and go full on, like, you know, space orc sort of thing, I, 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 I did want to sort of draw in some elements of that as well. So uh, it was, it, it was a um, fair amount of uh, exchanging of uh, concept drawings and some reference ideas uh, to try and build this, but the, the initial design for like the look of Horde, for instance, that came you know, like initially, at least headwise came initially from, um, from my own sketches. Very cool. Uh, so I have a couple of sort of, uh, you know, creation questions, but I want to make sure if Noah has anything as the, the resident artist here, um, art wise, if he has, I don't want to, I don't want to move past that. 
Yeah, refresh me on your um, art background. You know, you said you just you looked at some trainings, but um, I uh, might be getting you mixed up with someone else. But didn't you you got into comics at one point hoping to be an artist and a writer? Correct. Uh, not exactly. Like again, I I would love I would love to have been an artist. Um, I've never felt that my art like my art is like sufficient to be able to do that sort of thing. As um as I I, I have uh, definitely previously said, like I I draw about. I draw well enough to improve, like, sorry, impress elementary school students. Um, so um, writing was certainly like a lot more of my um, my thing. Uh, I did try and like I, again, I did high school art basically, uh, you know, uh, ninth grade, and uh, then I also like would just sketch or draw on my own here and there. Uh, it wasn't actually until probably um, I want to say twenty six maybe yeah 2016 I started noticing that they were actually drawing tutorials on YouTube so I remember like actually doing a substitute teaching uh, assignment one uh, one day and I just you know I thought to myself during recess I want to learn how to draw Batman so I looked up how to draw Batman and so I started drawing Batman a lot um, and he remains you know a, a character that I can draw fairly well at this point um, but yeah then it just started to grow from there. Like I'll still do um, like drawing tutorial things on, um, you know, based on YouTube. Uh, I, I also use a lot of uh, reference things. And uh, um, I have found also in terms of just sort of trying to entertain my students when I'm doing substitute uh, teaching things, I'll usually try and find out what they're into. And then during recesses, draw something that they're into. And it's lately, it's been a lot more um manga or anime or pokemon related so that sort of style is is what i'm most comfortable with and best at despite the fact that i don't want to be good at that i want to be better at the western comic style i'm just not skill wise there um but yeah so it's primarily uh that's that's i guess largely youtube inspired as far as my my art goes that's awesome yeah it's it's uh I was actually just thinking about this today about I was actually around 2016 when I started seriously drawing comics mm -hmm. and how much I wished at that time I had more resources to to do it and around mm -hmm. that time yeah YouTube mm -hmm. channels like Jim Lee's and everybody else's mm -hmm. were taking off and they were sharing their wisdom and knowledge with you and now we have like just so much that it's sort of if you're able to teach yourself, you have a lot of resources there, which is awesome. Yeah, well, that was the one thing I always found sort of remarkable is to watch, say, the uh, the, the Jim Lee uh, convention uh, tutorials, right? And he would be doing um, like a better Batman in about 35 seconds than I could do after half an hour. And it just blows me away what, what you know, some artists are able to do and that's I, I i would love to get that good and who knows maybe if youtube had been around when i was a teenager maybe i would have gotten to that level but uh i you know at this point that that ship has sailed yeah i hear you it's um but yeah i, I think I'm, i know exactly those tutorials i think that's where i learned how to draw like i learned a lot about drawing batman from those those are great those mm -hmm. are great still great mm -hmm. yeah so overall with uh with project impact um you know being an indie creator there's the you know the, there's the fun part of, of creating there's the uh you know sort of the project management um what what are the uh 
and the, the the promotion but what are some of your your future plans uh you know if, if things are going well when will we might see a, a another issue of, of this series uh, well a lot of it um i was trying to sort of gauge interest based on a sort of the response to uh issue three as far as whether or not uh, I want to, to to try and put all my energy into this particular series, or if I want to try and spin something else out. Uh, you'll notice at the end of um, the issue, I, I've I've got uh, sort of a, a thread that I could uh, build off of. I, I've been considering sort of spinning um, the character from the last page uh, into his own book, um, just sort of to see whether or not I could manage uh, like the single character better than the team thing and just sort of like back burner the project impact uh story until um i was able to sort of garner more interest uh so a lot of it really was going to be dependent upon like you know response to the uh the issue um so uh i don't think i would be able to juggle both books um mm -hmm. just because again it takes a considerable amount of uh well time and resources uh, especially for on the indie side of things uh to get these things produced um, one thing I am considering, very strongly considering doing at this point is, uh, packaging the three issues that, uh, are currently digital only and doing a, like combined sort of mini trade out of them. So essentially I, I know I've got about, um, 79 pages of story currently as it stands. Um, and I know like my, my letter, Richard, uh, Rich for his Patreon has been, uh, working on a, a, a moose mini script. Um, I'd, I'd given him the, that he just was, again, looking to try and get his uh, his art back up to speed. He was actually uh, quite an artist back in the day, but he'd been out of comics for uh, um, 20, 25 years at this point. Uh, so he's just sort of inching his way back into it. But uh, um, I was gonna try and maybe package part of that as well as the existing material maybe a smaller short story as well and, and doing like a combined print run for like again a 100 page book or, or I mean, well yeah around 100 page um um printed work uh to just sort of yeah give that added option and, and try and do things more from a, a con perspective because uh, um i'm not sure if you've uh, run across this uh, this bias but there's definitely a um a bias against digital only comics at this point it's it's almost like uh unless there's a printed copy it doesn't really count so i was kind of thinking okay well what if i package the three issues in and, and, and explore the uh the print option and see how that uh goes as far as um well increasing appeal to the to uh like the broader storylines and things so yeah essentially i i want to try and explore print if at all possible that is uh yeah, that's definitely a big, uh, big goal going forward. Yeah, that that would that would be cool, and it would also be a, a great vehicle as a sort of a, a catch up item. You know, somebody mm -hmm. um, that hadn't been been there for one, two, and three can sort of at that point, you know, grab that that collected edition, get some extras. You know, also the people who have been around for one, two, and three can grab that. Mm -hmm. now have a physical item of something that they've known and, and, and visited in the past, have some, mm -hmm. have some extra stuff. So you're sort of able to capture the, the best of, you know, both audiences there. Yeah. Well, Very there cool. was definitely some discussion between uh, Stefan and myself about uh, there, there are certain panels that both of us want back from the first issue. 
and just the idea of okay well maybe we can i guess there a way to revisit certain certain pages or certain panels to to fix some things that we weren't happy with but then there is something to be said for just you know putting out you know like maintaining the original um mm -hmm. as is sort of thing and just well hopefully uh convey to uh, to readers that uh like the final or well, the current iteration of things is is well a lot stronger than the earlier um work now and again i i'm i am proud of what we did in the early stuff but i do think that uh that stefan did a a very good job with the artwork in uh in issue three yeah very cool so um you know you mentioned global comics um mm -hmm. you know is, is is the platform to get this um mm -hmm. this this story um where are the best places to to follow you online Okay. Uh, well, the best place uh, where I'm currently most active uh, would be Twitter. Um, so the uh, uh, it's it's just uh, at at Impact Comic um, is our Twitter handle. Um, now we do also have uh, Facebook and Instagram. So it would be like uh, well, Facebook.com/slash uh, Project Impact Comic um, and Instagram.com/slash Impact Impact Comic. Now, if you actually want to just sort of find all of us in one easy, um, um, one easy link, we do have a link tree as well, okay. uh, which is just a uh, linktr.ee slash project impact comic. And that will actually bring uh, you to uh, the link to um, the drive through comics uh, link where we can, where you can actually uh, buy uh, individual copies. Um, of the of the comic and pdf form there's also global comics which i believe they are launching their beta for um a pdf download as well but that those uh, the comics are also available just to view online that way um but uh let's see yeah so it's uh linktr.ee slash project impact comic um let's see if i do we have a chat option here in, uh... Yeah, yeah, we do, and also I'll, I'll, I'll find all of that stuff. Yeah, I, I do. You, you put that in the chat, so I'm gonna grab that. I'm gonna put that in the show notes uh, for okay. for the podcast. Okay. Um, but Alan, it was awesome uh, catching up with you again. Um, mm -hmm. You know, yeah, it's you know, Noah and I have done this podcast. We're we're we're, we're approaching uh, 300 episodes, and you know, a mm -hmm. lot of people in indie are doing horror books and, and sci-fi books but i think the you know for the for the large majority of us you know superheroes were, were our first love and the the thing that did get us in the comics so it is awesome to see somebody tackling superhero comics in in the indie mm -hmm. world um so I've, I've really enjoyed this uh this this series so far no, I, I'm I'm glad that you uh, glad that you guys well you've enjoyed it. I, or at least Matt's enjoyed it. I'm I'm not sure. I'm hoping oh, Noah's enjoyed it. I hated it. <laughs> That's why I said it was fun earlier. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, yeah. Well, again, I I definitely appreciate that. That's uh, and again, I I appreciate uh, the opportunity to come on and chat with you guys. Sure. Let's um let's pencil in that we can we can get back together sometime in the future. Um, maybe if that collected edition becomes a thing, we can we can mm -hmm. get together and talk about that. And mm -hmm. uh, you know, future issues, let's let's pencil in that we're we're going to talk about those as well. So oh, again, I'm I'm going to put um, links to the uh, to the link tree. Um, I'll probably also grab the the social media handles as well and put those in the um, 
in the show notes. But um, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. If you could give us a rating and review with the podcasting service you use, we really appreciate it. If you want to follow our podcast, we are on Twitter, and that is at Constructed Compod. Instagram is Constructed Comics Pod, and Facebook is Constructed Comics. Just once again, everybody, uh, thanks for listening. Um, please be safe, be nice to each other, and go out there and make some comics. Thank you. <laughs>